All right, fellas, welcome back to this edition of the Timberwolves Talk podcast. We got our boy Peyton Reese right here. Um, uh, the day after game four happened, obviously the Wolves win. Kind of a nail biter. I mean, one point win should have been a four point win, but ooh, that was a, that was a, I was sweating bullets on that one. <laughs> yeah, they don't make it easy, man. They never, they never make an easy win. Um, especially after the, the effect of what happened last time. Last game, it, no lead was safe that game, and they and they really showed it, man. But credit to uh, Carl Anthony Towns, he answered answered all the hate, and I mean, he was playing mad. Everyone said that, and I just love to see that mentality in him because he's been he's been said to be soft, he's been said to not care, but he he really cared last night. It looked like he took everything to heart and had one of the, one of the better games, one of the more um, highlighted games in his career, I'd say. Yeah, very yeah. mature performance by Cat. Um, I think he was a little loose in the first quarter, um, but then he kind of calmed down, did his thing. Um, but big shout out to little Jordan McLaughlin. Yes, sir. Um, I'm sure I would say honestly, 80-ish percent of people who are watching that game probably had no idea who that They're guy saying, was. They're saying who's that little bald guy with the beard? <laughs> That's <laughs> like, I heard that like eight times at, at the bar I was watching it at. Everyone's like, who's this bald guy with the beard? Yeah, but, it, was, it was awesome. But he, because that's what he does. That's what he does, man. He steps up, man. And uh, Ant said he's the, one of the best teammates he's ever had. And just like, I mean, just you know how demoralizing it, it would be to play, have such a great end of the season like Jordan McLaughlin did, and then not to play in Game Three. I don't think he had any minutes. Did he? Uh, no. So Finch didn't play him last game, and I think I don't know who asked him which writer yeah. did, but uh, Finch said sometimes we all make dumb decisions in response to asking why he didn't play them in game three. And I th- I mean, we could have found a secret weapon, honestly, in Jordan this series. Um, yeah. I think he, ste- he stepped up to the plate, showed us what he can do. Um, you know, in that third and fourth quarter there, when things started to get slow, you know, 15-point lead evaporates and you need some big shots, you know, Jordan came through. That, ga- that game could have slipped, you know, but right if- out of our grasp very quick if it was not for him. So, Especially because looking at the stat line, there's – a lot of guys that usually produce for us that just played, they didn't produce really at all. Malik Beasley, if you were to tell me Malik Beasley wasn't going to shoot a shot when he went out there, I I wouldn't believe you. I feel like he's always looking to shoot, always. So for Malik not to shoot, that's crazy. Uh, Torian Prince, only three points. Jaden McDaniels, only four points. Nas Reed, zero points, and he continues to have – a really tough series, and it, it just might not be a good matchup for him, but he's uh, he's definitely been underperforming this series. Yeah. So yeah, to have I mean, Jordan McLaughlin step up like that, that was huge. That is huge. And it's like in the absence of like Jalen Noel not playing either, I mean, a lot of your scorers didn't, did nothing. Like the, you expect the Maliks, you expect the Jadens, you expect even the Nazas to, you know, get you those 10 Something, points. Yeah. That, that At least one of them the gets you that 10. Of course, of course. And I think even with D'Lo having another quiet offensive showing, and I think that is kind of a back burner storyline that, you know, everyone loves to bash Cat and everyone loves to do so-and-so on that. But, like, D'Lo's getting paid the same amount of money and doing, you know, a lot less behind the scenes. I just think the national media is very critical of Carl Anthony Towns. It's like he's under a microscope. Well, the thing is, like, 
he is under a microscope, but I'm I, I wouldn't call them to do the same thing to D'Angelo Russell because D'Lo had probably I'd say the biggest one of the biggest shots of the game was that mid range contested horrible it, like D'Lo's shots are not pretty sometimes, but that was no. that was that did not look like a good shot, but he had the perfect touch on it and that. That was one of the shots that sealed the win. But, um, I mean, D'Lo does so much more out there than what the stat line shows. But, yeah, you would like to see a little bit more out of D'Lo, but always the way it goes is two out of three produce. It's really never the three out of the three. So, Cat and yeah. Ant both stepped up. Ant had a few huge threes there in the fourth quarter that really helped us pull away. And even though we gave up that lead again, Ant still, Ant still definitely performed. Yeah, man, the, he's he's showing what he can do. He's showing he can step up, and uh, you know, we we predicted in the last podcast we knew Ant was gonna have a big game, and we predicted a cat bounce back game, and look what happens. So, well, I, I mean, mean, when I was when I was talking about what I would do differently if I was Chris Finch last podcast, you what what what, what did I say? I mean, you run you run some pin downs for Carl to get him to the three point line. You just want you, you want chuck, Car- you chuck some you chuck some threes over some six foot seven guys' heads, and you make them. What That's happened what the do. first play of the game? Or the that first possession. Felt so good too. That three Cat points. nailed the three first possession. I was like, there you go. That's all you needed. Just one. And then you could just see a fire lit under him and he was just attacking the basket. And sometimes it's not pretty when he attacks the basket, but I mean, when he was drawing all those fouls, which is another thing that we can get into right now, actually. So Chris, I'm going to pause the stream here and I'm going to play you what um, the head coach said after the game. I'm going to put this up at the same time, and then we're going to react to it. In my opinion, one of the most poorly officiated games I've ever seen in my NBA career. Um, all five of our starters are borderline fouled out in the first quarter. 10-plus um, f- foul difference, 40 free throws. Yeah, some things we got to clean up and get better at, but I've never seen a more inconsistent and arrogant um, you know, officiated game. So I'll take whatever hits coming my way. I got to protect our guys. We know we've got to get better. But I mean, from the get go, it was foul, 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 inconsistency. There was actually one play where a foul whistle was blown before contact was even made. It's embarrassing, um, you know, but I'm always going to look in the mirror and say, how do we play better? How do we coach better? Um, but I'm at a loss for words. And that's not I'm not going to go as far as saying that's the reason we lost. But I'm going to let it be known that that's that's messed up. And arrogance inconsistency and uh big fan you know of the, the whatever yeah i mean first first reactions obviously like preaching the choir i mean you you guys are leading the uh the free throw discrepancy by double digit free throws in the series so far i mean we we've taken our fair share of bad officiating also it's it's it happens i mean i don't know i, I think it's a bit irresponsible to arrogant maybe you know, yeah maybe arrogant i don't know <laughs> I what just, he's trying to what was he trying to say at the end too like big fan that he just, i don't know that didn't mind. it was weird it, it was no it sense. was it honestly made me kind of uncomfortable like i don't know why he is saying like he the, all he says after the game he doesn't take any accountability he doesn't say how he could coach better he talks about the officiating first and foremost and then he goes on to say like oh i don't want to just like blame it on the officials like i could have done different stuff but like blah blah so he's like it just seems kind of passive aggressive and there was a few calls there that definitely went the the Wolves' way. Um, one for sure at the end. There was, I mean, the offensive foul on Bain. Remember that the and one that they called the charge on Bain. That that was not a foul. Yeah. Um, the one where Clark blocked Cat's shot, and then they called. That wasn't really a foul either. But I don't know when when in the first two games, all it seemed like is the Grizzlies were getting every single call. It just I don't. 
that, that yeah that, i mean it's, that really frustrated me because finch didn't say that shit finch no. didn't do anything like that no and i i hope they keep that same attitude you know worried they, about the refs because we see how it works out for carl it, it never works out well so i mean I, that's that's okay with me i guess i just it honestly like it trickles down on your it makes everyone look bad when you do that like Finch, dude, he's a professional. He takes accountability. He, he even came out to the media and said, hey, I should have called the timeout. That's my fault. And this guy, I don't know. It just – and I can see now why the, why their team acts like that. I can see why Ja is tweeting more than anything. Uh, I, oh, s- statistic, actually, to bring up quick. Ja has more tweets this series than he does made field goals. I just, I, it just – it doesn't make any sense. Like – I, I, I watched the game twice, and then that's when I first saw that press conference. I just – it really rubbed me the wrong way, if I'm going to be honest. And it really made me dislike this Grizzlies team even more and just want to beat them because I feel like all Ja does is get fouls called for him. You know, and then when a few when a few of them don't go their way and he doesn't get the fouls, the first thing they do is run and complain. I mean, but, that's how he's been living, man. That's how he's been, you know, 16 of his – 32 points in his only high scoring game were from free throws. I mean, right. you, you, you boil that down and he hasn't been an efficient scorer this, this series for Memphis. Like, yes, he's been playmaking, but I, I would say Desmond Bain has probably been the best player in the series for Memphis. I was just so going to bring that up. So I'm saying, do you take Desmond Bain over John Morant? Cause Desmond Bain plays the game the right way. He looked incredible last night and I don't know, Jod, Jod, kind of underperformed you'd, you'd like to see him step up a little bit i think if you're a grizzlies fan so so the other storyline too i think that needs to be brought to light is you know jaron jackson jr is supposedly you know gonna be a defensive player of the year hopeful he's supposedly the best second best player on this grizzlies team grabs a lot of blocks a lot of rebounds i mean why isn't he under scrutiny from national media attention as cat is because jaron jackson jr has had a far worse series in Carl 20 fouls in four games 20 fouls in four games. That's, That's crazy. I feel like every time I look up at the TV, he's complaining because he's getting a foul. <laughs> I'm not saying he hasn't been effective because he definitely has on the defensive end, but man, I, I don't know how you can't criticize Triple J's just as much or even more as Cat. So I, I, that's that's my two cents in that piece. Yeah, and I don't know if um, – I it, again, guys, it's late at night right now, but did I talk about the Cat um, – like the Kobe comments, I talk about that yet, or was that before we went live? That was before we went live. So Carl Anthony Towns, the player that people scrutinize for not taking accountability, not taking things too seriously. Um, he After the game, I thought he had a very mature press conference. He might have tried to lower his voice a little bit, but if you're anyone and you get made fun of for having a low voice or having a high voice, I think maybe you'd try to lower it a little bit. But anyway, he had a very mature thing. He said, like, uh, just keep your head down onto the next one. Like, the job's not finished. We got to keep going. Textbook. That's how you're supposed to say it. And people made fun of him for, like, copying Kobe. But like, my- dude, it, it's just, it's, like, so cringe. Like, guys making fun of another guy's voice. Like, is that even? Like, another what, guy who's making $130 million in the NBA. Like, uh, Andy's dating. Who's he dating? Like, <laughs> like what? Is he going to control his, you know, the pitch of his voice? Yeah. Like, maybe he tried to overcompensate talking a little lower like i'm sure he's a little nervous about that because everyone makes fun of him every single time he speaks so i mean i, I it's understandable i don't know the amount of of scrutiny that cat's been under lately and just you know what's really been pissing me off lately chris what's that is all these like national media i don't even know what to call it but like the the same thing as like the tnt like nba show like it's just a bunch of like ex nba players that just 
watch one, watch all the games and then just decide who they're just going to destroy right after the game. They destroy them for 20 minutes and then they forget about it. like it's just such low level like I don't know. I just my my whole thing is is like we have a reason for getting mad at Carl and it's cuz we hold them to high standards. They they their reason to get mad at Carl is for views and ratings and to right. be back on top of a trend that's going on to hate Carl Anthony Towns and I it 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 does ratings. It gets the YouTube clicks. It gets the views. But like, it's not. They're so he's so underanalyzed to the point. It's it's like, I it's almost unwatchable to watch a segment about the Timberwolves because no one's watched regular season games of this team. They were supposed to win thirty three games according to ESPN. Like no one watched any regular season games, and therefore the analysis on the team is always horrible. Horrible and like. For anyone to ever call Carl Anthony Towns soft again, I, I would love to see you get criticized the way he did before game game four about, by the whole world or by everyone in the basketball community and come back and have a performance like that. There's nothing soft about that. That takes a lot of mental toughness, and that's that's really admirable, honestly, admirable by Cat, honestly, and I'm I'm proud of him, to be honest, man. He played well. He answered all the critics. Big fourth quarter performance by him, man. Yeah, two Guts, huge I tw- threes. I tweeted it, man. Gutsy. That's all you can Gutsy. say about that win. Two huge to, threes he hit. You had to even the series up. It was that you knew the team who wanted it more was going to win that game four because how close it was, and you could tell the Timberwolves wanted to even it up more. It's just yeah. the way it went. I'm proud of this team, man. And and last night, I was so happy. I can't even imagine how everyone else is feeling, but that, it just felt so good to to finally win a game that we needed to win. It was a good time, man, because like I was I was out at the bars, but like no one in like Madison, no one no one cares about Timberwolves. So I was just celebrating by myself, mm. just having a good time. Like it was it was fun. It was just I don't know. Feels good to have a good basketball team, man. Feels good, but they got a three job huge not games finished against them. New series, three game series. Um, yeah, oh, I don't know. Disrespect disrespectful betting line for the next game for Game Five, man. Six really? and a half Grizzlies favorites. Right, I, we we never Wild, condone betting, man. but we haven't we haven't we haven't been favored at any of these games, not even any of the home ones. The really? the lowest, the highest we've gotten is like a three and a half Grizzlies favorite. I think that was game last game after the blown lead. Really, it wasn't actually three and a half. So that three at the end, really, three and a half. that three at the end just fucked or messed up everyone's bets. It could have. <laughs> That's classic. But um, I think the bigger storyline, honestly, is I mean I know it was a big game and all, but. Um, I was at the bar and I look up at the TV and I just see chaos going on and I freaked out. I was like, again, again, but man, we just got to go right into the, into the chicken protests. Um, I think we, we got to rate this along with the other, the other three that happened before this. Cause there's one of them that the attempt got swallowed up by security in full. Did you hear about that in game three? No, I did not. Hear they stopped that. one before it even happened. Really? Okay, so that one's last, obviously. That one's definitely last, there. but um, yeah, I think we but should no, get in. I, I, I actually loved this chicken protest just for the fact that you could tell it was it was a two pronged attack. They got seats right next to where Glenn Taylor was sitting. Inside info, obviously, because you have no t- clue that Glenn's gonna be sitting in those seats. Right. Um. Well, he security, might sit there every game. Security guard made the greatest read of all time. You know, he was just sitting. So apparently, he knew that that woman was a protester. So he was just waiting for her to do something, mm. but he, he got to her so fast on the court that the game went on for like five seconds. Cause no one even noticed he swallowed it up so fast. On it the was, 
his name's Pierre, if I'm not um, if I'm not mistaken. But it was it was one of the best performances of all time. It might have been the the play of the game was how quickly he swallowed that up and dragged her off the court like she was. So, and the other one, like you got to give credit for the other one too, because the other one went straight for Glenn and they got her before she could even get to the first row. What like was it, she trying? What were they trying to do? Were they trying to hurt the, him? Or the the first one was wearing a referee jersey under. Don't know why. So second yeah, that's one, second one. I have no clue. I did, I don't know. Was she filming? Because she was doing something with her hands. I thought maybe she was filming. It was just. It was really. This one was of, exciting. This one was exciting. It was exciting because it happened right out, and Bally Sports showed all the replays. Because usually when there's a streaker and stuff, they cut off of it and try not to promote that stuff, but. Bally Sports kept it on. Props to Bally Sports. Dave Benz, Jim Pete, they talked about it. They were disgusted. They were oh, disgusted. Dude, Jim, Jim Pete, Pete was, was he said not a single animal rights person stands up for this crap. He, he said this, putting everyone in danger. He was disappointed. I hope they hear him say that. But All right. So I, I can, I'll give you my rankings first here. So I'd have to go, obviously, the one that didn't succeed in game three last. Yeah. I thought. For the mere fact that I, I wish this could be higher, but Glue Girl obviously like became the meme, but it wasn't the most exciting one to me. Plus, mm. we were at that game too, so I didn't get to re- really see it happen. Um, I thought the two best ones though were the most recent one with girls running. Girl ran on the court, just gets obliterated by the security guard. That was the most exciting one. Right. The most well executed one though was the Chain Girl. Like Chain Girl executed to perfection. Yeah, I, I would say execution wise. Um... Glue girl and chain girl are on a different level. This one, they got the attention, but I feel like the fireworks. The fireworks. There was no, there was no storyline. There was no motive. Like she had a ref jersey on. What was she planning to do on that? And I was also the timing of it. It was horrible. So a game, I like to see a game. There's a lot of highs and lows, climaxes and low maxes. I don't know if that's the word to use. Is that the opposite of a climax? I don't sure. think a low I don't think a low max is a word, but uh, I, no, I I'm going to make you. it a word. So like usually, and we know this when we're streaming games too. Is the the viewers usually peak right at the end of the first half. We usually get the high viewers, and then during halftime they dip, and then for most of the beginning of the third quarter they are are still down because you know whenever you know because whenever you're like hey all right I'm going to go do this during halftime you're always going to be maybe a little late coming back to halftime. So I'd say the timing of when they did that was honestly the worst possible time they did it right at the start of the third quarter like there there's still people coming back from the bathrooms and it was just poorly executed timing when if they would have waited until the fourth quarter to do that you know how much more crazy that would have been like they they really really blew it there that was that was horrible yeah no it was a good it was a good protest um no, it was horrible. I mean, a bad, bad, badly executed protest for the TV ratings. Just fire. You just because it was cool because it was on that side of the court too. You saw everything unfold. Yeah. Like the girl runs out of the court, just gets lit up by the security lit. guard. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. Timber chickens are still three and zero during protests. Um, yeah, so I'm keep them coming. I'm actually thinking for game six. So me and Chris now have secured lower level tickets to game six after them. After there for sure will be a game six now. I'm thinking of making a sign maybe that has glue girl. It has one, two, three, four, or maybe five by then. So the first one will be glue girl, chain girl, ref girl, and then number four with a blank line. What's it going to be? So hold that up. That'll be fun with a question mark. With a question mark. What is it? Whatever. The timber chickens. We need need something, but I don't know. I feel like you would never want them to hurt Glenn Taylor. And that seemed almost like they were trying to hurt Glenn Taylor. 
That's yeah. I don't know if they were trying to yell in his face or actually physically. But they actually could have physically him, but... hurt him. Like, um, like it's kind of scary just to see that someone could get that close to the court and actually maybe do because if they're not going to stop at they've done so much. What, what are they going to stop at? What's going to get them the most attention possible? They really feel strongly about these chickens. They could end up really hurting someone and it, it, it could change. It could change the game of basketball forever. We're lucky with the way that, because not many sports, you get to be right on the players like that. You know what I'm saying? No, man, it's, it's almost like a, it could be a connection to like the MLB having to put up nets like far down with, yeah, I mean, like it could be something like that, like less fan access. But like they could the ruin this part. for all of us. The best part of basketball, man, is being able to be like you are on the playing surface, which is like one of the most unique things about the basketball, you know, yeah. arena. So like, yeah, it's funny, like he tackled him, but like that—that that was actually a, a really scary situation because these people don't give a shit about basketball. They really don't, and like they could actually do something to harm a player. They wouldn't even care. Like the, as long as they get the clicks, as long as they get the views, that's all they want. And they are really passionate about these chickens lives. So, yeah, I don't yeah, know. No, I guess I on a lighter topic about that is I was, at, I was talking to my roommate about this. And do you think that like the people sitting next to them knew that they were protesters? Is that because so when the second half started, the, the people that were originally sitting next to them, there's a guy in a green shirt and a guy in a white shirt. I think they weren't there and the security guard was in their seat. So were they the whistleblowers that maybe heard them talking about it? told the security guards and then that the security guard replaced them in their seats. I think that it's very possible, man. And see, the, and the, maybe, the guards knew though. That's the storyline I saw is they knew that they the guards protesters. knew. And so maybe that's what caused the protesters to say, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to run on the court now because they're already onto us. Let's just see what we can do. So maybe they were waiting. Maybe they were going to do a whole referee thing, like a whole skit, mm-hmm. but um, due to the, the, the patrons sitting next to them, they, they could have saved Dude, the whole, th- if they would have executed that and like, dressed up as a ref and like held a sign up or something could you imagine that would have been their best one if they would have executed yeah, it they properly. had a, dude they had the duct tape number on the back they bought a referee jersey i mean it's just there's a lot of a lot of things that a lot of unknown and i i would love to hear what what was what was going to go down there yeah but man i you know we you mentioned we get to go to game six i, I want to ask because we got to go to the playing game and that was like one of the pinnacles of my like sports you know, fandom career, like what, what are you most excited about for game six? Like, what do you, what do you want to feel? What do you want to see? Like, what, I'm just what, excited. I'm excited to be in the lower level. Um, I hate to flex, but um, lower level, I'm excited just to be part of it. Cause I feel like when you're up in the upper bowl, that kind of, the sound kind of dies down by then you feel like you're, you, you feel like you're watching the, watching people at the game, but when you're yeah. in the lower level, you're at the game, you know, and I'm really excited to, uh, so me, Chris, and my two younger brothers are going. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Cause we all care so much about the wolves and just to be in a situation where everyone cares so much about the wolves and it's just going to be so much fun, man. And we're going to, I really strongly think that the wolves have a good chance to win this in six. So if we win, if we win it in, uh, in game six and we're there, I mean, we, we, the good, the cool part is, is like people always make fun. I feel like Minnesota basketball. I mean, we, we have such an like transparent home court advantage over Memphis. Like I, I Memphis's home courts have not been as rowdy as the two Minnesota home courts so far. You can hear it on TV. You hear the reports and it's, it looks odd, especially the nine o'clock game. Cause like everyone has the chance to get buzzed up and go pregame and like mm. everyone's just wild. So, I mean, I wish the game was a bit later 
the game six one i have a feeling it's probably gonna be a 6 30 or 7 30 but that'd be so cool if it was a nine yeah i'm i'm just so excited to be because you can hear it on the tv and like like from what i've been watching like when you watch a tim rose game and you watch a grizzlies game it's noticeably louder at a tim rose game like 100%. you can really hear it so like i don't know it just, i'm just so used to my whole life of like all the tim rose games i used to go to in the past when i was a kid it was like there was no one there like it was quiet no one cared and now to have one, probably one of the best home courts in, in the NBA, I would say. Oh, yeah. As, as in terms of fan engagement and just how loud it is in there, like, I'm excited, man. I, I, I'm not going to be able to sleep the whole week. And I'm just going to – I'm praying. I'm praying that game game five, I'm praying we win that. I think I think that brings us right into a preview. But what, what are you looking for for game five? I'm looking for a lot of the same stuff from games three and four that they did well. Um, blitzing Ja, make Ja make bad decisions, which he has shown he can do. When he 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 has a tendency of not wanting to score when he's getting blitzed like that at at the top of the key. And you know what? Let's make someone else besides Ja beat us, and let's not make that someone you know Desmond Bain. Let's get out to him while he's a shooter. It seemed like they didn't really care in the first quarter. Obviously, six of seven from the three point line. Let's make them care about Desmond Bain and let's keep blitzing Jaff because I, until triple J's and until Dylan Brooks or until I think Clark's had a good series, but until some of those guys can absolutely take over a game, keep doing the same thing on defense. I think it's yeah. worked. I think the really cool thing about, cause we haven't, I guess, ever really covered a seven game series or something like this is you can really see how the chess is being played in these games. So like, we saw how they came, how they changed their game plan for Cat. We saw how we started. We didn't start. We didn't start out playing Vanderbilt. And now he's playing pretty good minutes and he's making an impact. We saw how now Jordan McLaughlin will probably get more minutes. So I'm just excited to see because obviously all that the Timberwolves are talking about right now is how are we going to stop Desmond Bain? Who are we going to put on him that is not going to leave him? Not going to give him any shots? And I feel like we have probably one of the best players in the league to do that. Who who can we put on? Desmond Bain that will pester him the whole game. So I would say obviously Jane McDaniels, but I also think, you know, you gotta have, it can't be Ant or Pat Bev because they're, they're working so hard to keep switching and blitzing at the top. It's gotta mm. be a bigger guy. It's gotta be a McDaniels or a Vando to try to, you know, long reach, try to contest those shots better. So what, what McDaniels has to do is he obviously has to stay out of foul trouble, which is something he really and struggles he, with. He also has to be a plus on the offensive end is the other thing, too. Yes. Just like he was in game three. I thought game three, McDaniels played pretty well offensively. He's just he's hit open shots, and um, he's a young player. His jump shot obviously isn't right where you want it to be fully, but I trust him to hit big shots because he once he hits one shot, everything – he's kind of one of those players where you can see his body – um his posture change There's, i want i also want malik beasley to have a desmond bain like type of he showing can he tomorrow. can or he can um it's unexcusable to have malik beasley not shoot a shot honestly and i think if we would have lost that would have been one of the things we were pointing of the reason we lost is because malik beasley to not even shoot a three i don't understand that but I guess you know maybe it's a good thing though maybe maybe he was told that you know don't work too hard for it. If you get open off the screen, take a shot and take that open shot. I mean, obviously you want him shooting, but like maybe it was a good thing. You know, there wasn't string together bad three-point attempts. So, I mean, what about this? Would you hate it if a Kogi got some run guarding Desmond Bain? Is I mean, he's on our roster for a reason. You saw 
Um, Jordan McLaughlin not play at all in game three, step up and have a huge, huge game. I mean, he's on a roster. I, I trust him to lock lock down Desmond Bain. I, I, I trust him to be a plus on the defensive side. It's just a Kogi's such an offensive liability. He can't play with point. Vanderbilt. Yeah, he cannot play. He just can't. I, I can't have him, you know, running, especially when you see the Timberwolves, you know, blow those, you know, big leads. You need some offense. And I, it, it's tough. I, I want the guy to succeed. And I, I really wanted the guy to develop that shot. But it's just it's it's almost non-usable. I don't know. I, 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 I honestly disagree. I think that Finch is, has an open enough mind where I, I, I could see a possibility where he he throws them out there. They did it against Paul George when they needed to stop. It didn't work out. But I, I mean, to have six seconds, <laughs> I mean, but the, the idea was there. I'm saying like it could be a possibility to see Josh Kogi because Chris, he's he, he's an above an elite defender. He's one of the best defenders in the league. He's a good on on ball defender. It's just he's the type of guy where you say, "Hey, don't let Desmond Bain score, or don't even let him touch the ball," and he would do a pretty good job of that. Just even, so I mean, I I could see, I could maybe see that. I would like to see it happen, to be honest. But um, interesting. But yeah, I Nas Reed, a guy definitely, he's got to step up. I I don't know what's going on with with him, but he can step up. That's the thing is that a lot of these players, they our team is very deep, and we. Have a lot of players that can step up all the time. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think uh, you saw the moose get a couple minutes last game too. I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> the moose, the moose. I don't know. He kind of he kind of added a Kogi stint there. I think it was end of the half, defensive purpose or rebounding. But uh, no, I don't know. I, I like the personnel we we brought out last game. It's just I think more people will perform. Um, I like Jordan running the second second team offense a lot so yeah I think I think one a closing thing we should take is I I firmly believe that the Timberwolves have been the better team in this series they have they've they've had more quarters that have been we've had more we should be we should be up three to one I think anyone ever could agree on that is we should be up three one in this series but we're not so I mean the only way to look at it is I think that I don't I'm not saying that we're the better overall team. I just think that in this series we've we've we have one more quarter. So we just gotta have this we can't have the mentality of looking back. Gotta have the mentality of looking forward. You know, game three happened, it happened. Um what? What are you gonna do? You're gonna play. That's all you can yeah, do. I hope Cat keeps the same fire lit under under him. Um guys, we are we will be live streaming game game five or yeah, game five on Tuesday. So make sure to tune into that. Chris, it's late. I'm running out of energy here. I think it's all right. We'll, we'll we'll be back. We'll be back for sure, guys. Thank you so much for watching and uh, have a good rest of your day.